Hey friends, you're listening to episode 67 of Eco Chic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura Diaz. I'm always happy to have you here. Happy Wednesday. I do want to start off just apologizing. We're a day late this week in posting the episode. Life has just been kind of crazy. I don't want to give you a bunch of excuses, but I guess I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just like in the process of moving and there's just a lot going on right now with travel in the summer, but I promise to be better and I'm really working on it. But we do have a really exciting episode this week. If you enjoy this episode or if you've enjoyed EcoChic in the past, I would so love it if you could take a second and just leave me a rating and a review on iTunes on the Apple Podcast app. It's super easy. You can do it while you're listening to this episode. No effort at all. And I really appreciate it. It's kind of like the currency of the podcast world to leave ratings and reviews. So I so appreciate when y'all do that. But with that, I want to remind you also, if you've enjoyed this podcast, I would love to send you some stickers. So reach out to me via Instagram at Podcast. Let me know your address and I'd love to get you some podcast stickers. Stickers are a really fun way for me to just thank y'all for listening every week and tuning in and subscribing and just being so supportive and being an awesome community. And I love you guys so much. So don't forget to reach out to me and I'll make sure to send you some stickers. With that, I wanna get into today's episode. We are talking today with Tyla Abbott of Aether Beauty. I'm really excited to be bringing this episode to you today because I've been watching Aether Beauty online for about a year now, and it has grown exponentially in just a year. Aether Beauty is the very first zero waste makeup palette. This is an incredible accomplishment. There's really so much interesting thought and philosophy that goes into the brand. So Tyla and I talk a little bit about her background first in makeup. So she was actually the head of product development for Sephora for a number of years. And she explains a little bit about the projects that she worked on and what that really meant for her and how that kind of inspired her to think deeper and research the products that she was inviting into her life. So I also really want to talk about some of the laboratory techniques and technology that she is implementing in her palettes. She has a super, super clean makeup product, which I think is super admirable. We talk a little bit about synthetic lab-grown mica, which we've introduced before on the podcast as a material really common in cosmetic products that has a lot of ties to child labor and other ethical issues. So we talked today a little bit about lab-grown mica, and then we also talk about crystals and what it means to be cosmetic-grade crystals. She talks not only about the more like spiritual ideas behind crystals, but also the cosmetic benefits and the skincare benefits of certain crystals that she includes in her palettes. I want to be upfront in saying that I personally do not own one of these palettes. I haven't tried these eyeshadows out. However, I'm planning on purchasing one this week, not only after my conversation with Tyla, but also because they're running a summer solstice sale right now, a one-year anniversary. So I believe the sale ends on Thursday and you can look at it on the Aether Beauty Co. website. But otherwise, I would definitely follow her on Instagram. I'm really interested in getting one of these palettes and I have been for a while, but this conversation with Tyla just really solidified how much I want one of these palettes. It's something that I feel like as someone who's interested in cosmetics and clean beauty and just taking care of my skin and just what's going into it and what I'm inviting into my life and what kind of companies I'm supporting, I feel like Aether Beauty is an incredible choice for all of those desires. So with that, I hope you really enjoy this conversation with Tyla Abbott of Aether Beauty. Awesome. Tyla, thank you so much for taking the time today to just chat a little bit and hang out. I'm really excited to be having this conversation. Thanks for having me. Before we get into eyeshadows, I would love to hear about your background in the beauty industry. 
Sure. So I used to be head of product development at Sephora for over seven years in charge of their private label brand, so Sephora Collection, and specifically in charge of their makeup accessories. So makeup bags, eyelash curlers, makeup brushes, anything that was the tools of the trade. And then I was also in charge of makeup collaboration. So that was makeup formula and packaging for any time it said a brand plus Sephora. So for instance, the Moschino collaboration, the Sephora Pro collaborations, the Museum of Ice Cream, Pantone, Mara Hoffman, the list goes on and on. And then I sort of um, had a disconnect with living this organic lifestyle. So I have been a vegetarian since I was 14 and I worked in an organic restaurant And so, you know, formulating conventional cosmetics really started to eat at me. So on top of my day-to-day job there, I volunteered and became the head of R&D for sustainability for the entire retailer. Wow, that is quite a list of really interesting accomplishments with Sephora. That's really exciting. So tell me like a little bit about how you got interested in the sustainability side that you just said you started volunteering for R&D. Yeah, so, you know, I just learned how dirty the industry was and how kind of, you know, besides formulation, how packaging had such an impact in the beauty industry and nobody was really talking about it. So I sort of took that opportunity to visit recycling facilities, to talk to engineers in this space, to sort of learn about, you know, what other alternatives you can do. I'm also sort of a packaging junkie. Like, I love beautiful packaging. And so, you know, that sort of passion really sort of triggered me when I sort of learned how bad the components were in the beauty industry. So the EPA just said that a third of the landfill waste is from personal care products. So that itself is a reason to sort of, you know, make the industry do better. Wow, that's a huge statistic. I've heard it before, but it's always really shocking to hear a third of landfill waste is personal care products, because I think that packaging of personal care products is something that we're not thinking deeply about. And I'm kind of, I'm with you there. I love a really beautiful packaging when it comes to makeup. And I think that's also really important in the marketing of it. Like people are interested in a really beautiful package, maybe even more so than the quality of the makeup that they're getting out of it. That's a really big consideration for some people. A hundred percent. And I wanted to sort of prove that you can have beautiful, sustainable packaging and not make it look like Whole Foods granola sort of thing. I love that. And like, tell me a little bit about your packaging. Like, what does it mean to create a really sustainable package? Because I think that it's really interesting to think about a totally zero waste makeup product. I love that so much. Yeah, so zero waste means nothing actually ends up in a landfill, that it's all circular. So basically, my palettes are the first zero waste eyeshadow palettes in the beauty industry, and I already won an award for that. So they are all made with FSC certified paper, which means that the paper is made um, and taken from forests that are um, basically there's trees there that are planted and they make sure there's no deforestation. So it's like ethically um, taken from the forests. And then the inks that are used are all water-based soy inks, but I even researched it down to the colors because just because something is printed um, with 
printed on paper doesn't mean it can be recycled. So I actually only use inks that make it more easily go back into the system. And then on top of it, there are no mirrors and no magnets because I learned that mirrors and magnets are completely unrecyclable. And when I learned that, I just like kind of stood there for a second because literally every single makeup component in the color cosmetics industry has that billions and billions of components and that just means they end up in a landfill forever so i removed those from my palettes because i didn't want anything to end up in a landfill and then they're all aluminum pans so they're all recycled aluminum and you just pop them out at the end and recycle them separately Wow, that's actually really, really interesting. I didn't think about the mirrors and magnets also until I became familiar with Aether Beauty. And I just started thinking about now my packaging that of products I already have and like, what does it really mean to be a sustainable product? And I feel almost a little guilty for not realizing beforehand that these are all products that I'm inviting into my life that are landfill bound at the end of their lives. And with that, I would love to talk about like what's inside the products. Like, tell me about the formulation of these eyeshadows. I would love to know just about that process for you. Yeah. So, um, all of my products, I ban over 1400 chemicals. Um, in the U S there's only 11 banned chemicals in the cosmetic industry via the FDA. And the last time that law was updated was in 1938. What? And so since 1938, there's been over 16,000 ingredients introduced in the cosmetic world. Um, and on top of it, it's up to every single company to self-regulate. So nobody's sitting there being like, you can't use this, you can't use that. It's only unless you like kind of get in trouble or there's like an outbreak with asbestos, like the thing that happened at Claire's recently that sort of gets you in the media. But besides that, there's no one regulating anything. Um, and so all of my pellets, they're Leaping Bunny and PETA certified for vegan and cruelty-free, completely clean. And then I always source ethically sourced ingredients on top of that so that means they're organic they're fair trade and child labor free so that to me is more the sustainability aspect um because vegan cruelty free and clean is just sort of a baseline that is actually really intriguing to me because while i know about all of these certifications i wasn't familiar with the lack of accountability in the cosmetics industry i guess it's really up to every company to just be aware of what they're putting into their products and then what they're deciding is like good enough for a consumer. And I guess I was like vaguely familiar with that concept beforehand with fragrance. Like fragrance is a word that's thrown around that like doesn't really mean a whole lot. So with that, I would love to know a little bit about what the challenges are in sourcing those ingredients and making sure that you are as on top of your ingredient list as you are. And like, what are the challenges there compared to a mainstream cosmetic? challenges are just financial so most of these companies don't choose to do this because it takes time and money i choose to do this because a working at sephora for so long sephora itself is part of lvmh and has their own list of ingredients you're not allowed to formulate with um they don't really advertise it but they're also not clean ingredients but you get used to substitute ingredients so i learned how to do it with my hands for the longest time so i sort of applied that to clean beauty to be able to swap out you know ingredients that i personally research myself and make sure that everything is rated a three or below on the environmental working group um i am not someone i like my products are not 100 percent natural at all there's sort of a misdemeanor out there that natural equals good 
and there's lots of harmful things in the natural world that you would in your beauty products and I sort of believe in science like I believe in how how far we are in society and this whole concept that chemicals are bad well everything is a chemical there are totally safe chemicals out there um them being mica so so mica itself you know 25 percent of the world's production of mica is unfortunately related to child labor directly out of india and so i won't source anything out of india to support that industry so my mica is either sourced from the u.s or malaysia but if there's any question about it for me i will actually substitute synthetic mica which is exactly how it sounds it's made in a lab but mica itself can grow it grows naturally in the earth and it grows with like things like lead and asbestos that if you're not testing for that in your end product, you don't know if it's actually in your products or not. Versus if you make it in the lab, it's also completely clear and there's nothing grown with it. So you actually get pure product and I'm actually able to get a whole different range of shades because of that because natural mica kind of looks smoky versus this clear um, mica, but it is more expensive. So I'm willing to pay more um, for ingredients that I know are better for you, better for me, and better for like the human race. So I was just um, on, people were looking at my Instagram yesterday because I had a client ask me why my palettes are $60, that they've only ever paid $25 for palettes, and like, why should they pay $60? And so I was explaining all these things, Um, but what I was trying to explain is that, you know, there should be all these labels, there's like vegan, cruelty-free, organic, fair trade, blah, 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 but for me, there should be like a human cruelty-free actual like sticker or whatnot because like what is the true cost of sourcing all these materials so child labor free is great but like having something cruelty free is great but what about the cruelty when it comes to the people actually producing the products yes so I'm glad you mentioned that because I did watch that Instagram story and I thought that you explained your mission and your philosophies really really eloquently and I so appreciate that you're bringing light to the idea that there are non-toxic synthetic ingredients that you can put in place of natural ones, because I think that it is very often a misconception that everything natural is good for you. So with that, I would love to talk a little bit about like that lab process. Like how did you first like get involved with lab grown mica or like lab formulated mica? Like were you familiar with it beforehand? And do you have any like lab scientific experience? Like I'm just so interested in the idea of lab grown mica because this is the first time I hear about it. Oh yeah. I mean, many brands use it. So Lush is a company that doesn't source any natural mica anymore. And so everything they use is synthetic mica. It's not something new to the market whatsoever. I used to use it when I worked at Sephora and formulated as well. So, but it's just not something that's talked about. So it's starting to become a conversation now because it's kind of funny because the whole mica thing came out about 10 years ago and all these L'Oreal's and Lauders sort of got in trouble um, because of it. But then it's been sort of hush hush until now. And of course, it's coming up now again, which, you know, my PR person is like, oh, you couldn't have hit all the nails on the head with all these trends with like sustainability and like child labor and like vegan, cruelty-free, and crystals, and I was like, 
no, 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 no. This has nothing to do with trends. This has to do with like what I personally believe in and whatever I produce in the world will have these. It just happens to be a trend right now, but I'm hoping that it becomes like the new standard moving forward. So I'm like, this is not a trend for me. This is like an ethical, um, an ethical conversation. I think that that's a really good way to frame it. And I like your suggestions of like other labels that we should have on our products. And with that, I'd love to like switch gears a little bit based on what you just said about crystals. I'm really interested in this like crystal inspiration, like your branding around crystals and everything is very cosmic. It feels like I know your brand was launched on the summer solstice last year. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I would love to hear a little bit about how you're incorporating crystals into your work. Yeah, so um, for me, the other thing about clean beauty is that it really sort of lacks when it comes to branding and storytelling. Like, if you remove all these labels and logos and, like, you look on everyone's Instagram, they all look the same. It's, like, three models of different skin tones and, like, arm swatches and everyone talking about, like, how toxic, you know, chemicals are sort of thing. But beyond that, there's really, like, no beef and no, like inspiration. So for me, I really wanted to create an inspiring brand that my clients can feel inspired when they wear it in order to like go out in the world and do whatever it is that they do. So the word aether itself is a really old word. Like the Greeks considered it the air the gods breathed and Aristotle considered it the fit element to earth, air, fire, water. So it's this medieval concept of the cosmos. So I wanted to sort of inflict this cosmic energy into the products and the packaging and the branding. Um, So on Instagram, there's lots of like collages that I use that like incorporate, you know, crystals and the galaxy and products and women and with like inspiring quotes because I really, you know, makeup is such an empowering tool that people use every day. That's like an instant self-esteem booster. And for me, given like the current like political space and like country we're living in, it's like we need all the like positive stuff we can get. So crystals themselves are sort of twofold. So they're all cosmetic grade gemstone powder. I get questions sometimes of it you know, people ask, is it like a really rough crystal in there? And I was like, no, 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 it's all finely, finely um, milled. Um, But it's all cosmetic grade. So it's been used in skincare for years. But basically, they all have skincare benefits, which is why it's been used in skincare. So the rose quartz palette has actual rose quartz in it. And rose quartz actually helps prevent against, against wrinkles, redness, and fine lines. But then you also get the spiritual, like, sense of the stone, which is also all about love and being open to love and self-love, which, you know, again, like, if I can inflict someone having some more self-love in themselves, like, I feel like I'm doing a better thing in this world. Absolutely. I think that's really interesting to think about beauty properties of crystals, because it's very easy to sometimes write off crystals. I'm sure you hear it every once in a while of people thinking that it's very like woo woo. And there's something about crystals that like just historically in our human race have been very powerful. So I really appreciate that you're kind of bringing that to light in a very scientific way, like acknowledging that there are beauty benefits to using crystals in your products. Totally. I mean, crystals are everywhere. They're in your phone. They're in our laptop. Like, they literally make our, like, technology work. So it's kind of funny if people are like, oh, I'm, you know, hesitant with crystals. I'm like, oh, well, you're actually using them already. (laughs) You didn't even know. Um, But, yeah, like, I think there's only 
an upside to people sort of learning about the mineral benefits because they're all minerals at the end of the day. I totally agree. And with that, I think that that's a really encouraging place to have people do their research on their products and just learn more about the brands and what they're inviting into their life, either from a sustainability standpoint, from like a personal health standpoint, things like that. And I really, I really love all that you stand for. Thank you. Yeah. With that, where can everyone find Aether Beauty? Yeah, you can find it on my website. So Aether Beauty Co. So that's A-E-T-H-E-R Beauty and then C-O. So AetherBeautyCo.com or you can follow me on Instagram at Aether Beauty Co. I'm also available at Sephora, at Credo, at Detox Market, Neiman Marcus, Urban Outfitters, Anthropology, and Riley Rose. Awesome. Wow. Tyla, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I hope you all loved that conversation with Tyla Abbott of Aether Beauty. It is really amazing that she has been able to scale and grow the brand to the extent that she has in just a single year. Also, I don't know if she mentioned it here, but just FYI, Tyla is the only employee of Aether Beauty. And it's amazing to think about the big name stores that she is in. She just mentioned where you can find her product. And it's thinking about how you can really empower yourself to go after something. And it also really shows just people want clean products. People want non-toxic products. People want products that are ethically sourced and manufactured, and they want to support brands that they really believe in. And for that reason, I was really excited to talk to her and just I'm excited to order my own palette and I'm excited to be able to just grow in this community and see the space expand of really clean, non-toxic beauty products. I hope you love that episode. Don't forget to reach out if you are interested in getting a podcast sticker at me on Instagram at Podcast, which is where you can chat if you want to. I love talking to y'all. And my personal Instagram is at lauraediaz, but you can also send me an email, lauraediaz.com. Instagram is the easiest way to get a hold of me though. Don't forget to leave a rating and a review if you've enjoyed this episode at all. I so appreciate when y'all do that. And I will see you next week. Have a good day.